Welcome to Sovereign Self, weaving spiritual awakening with the fabric of everyday life. Your host is Zofia Renea Morales. We'll discuss and show you how you can achieve the highest potential in your life through divine wisdom and really live. Now, here is your host, Zofia Renea Morales. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Sovereign Self. This is Sophia Renea Morales and I am pumped to be here with you this week. I have a very special guest with me today who's going to talk about accessing our radiance. And I know after you've been in quarantine with the kids and the husband and the dog for a while, you don't feel particularly radiant anymore, which is why I'm excited to have him here with me because... It doesn't matter what's going on around you. That radiance is always available to you if you know how to go get it. And my guest today is an expert at that. Mark Youngblood is devoted to elevating human consciousness and promoting spiritual growth, both individually and collectively. He's the founder and CEO of Inner Mastery, Inc., providing executive coaching for business leaders and transformational life coaching and training to the public. Mark is an internationally recognized speaker, author, and his latest book, Dear Human, Master Your Emotions. He has been practicing transformational coaching and teaching the inner mastery methods for more than 25 years. He is a master practitioner, a trainer of neuro-linguistic programming, and the creator of Quantum Clearing System for transforming energy patterns and many other transformational techniques and practices. Through his Pathway to Radiance online programs, he helps people heal their emotional wounding, clear their blocks and limitations so you can love yourself and create a life that you love. Welcome. Mark, I am so pumped up to have you here with me. <laughs> I'm glad to be here. Uh, I've been thinking about it all day long, Sophia Renea. So um, it's a wonderful, wonderful to be able to just chat with you anytime. <laughs> I'm so excited that we're doing a project together now, but we'll get into yeah. the project more yeah. as we get into the discussion here. But I remember the first time I met you, I thought, okay, this is a man I could do projects with. We're <laughs> on this same wavelength. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know if you felt the same way. I probably oh, I should a- ask that question yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when I don't know the answer. <laughs> well, you know, I really think the way you look, it, it, when you look back at how we met, you know, we're in a conference with how many thousands of people and a handful of people decided to go walk over and have dinner and get to know each other. And you and I were in that handful. And then we ended up sitting together of all the people. And, and we just connected immediately. I was listening to the, to the lead-in uh, for your show, where it's talking about how you're committed to, you know, being able to be present to your radiance, but bring it to everyday life, you know, to, to really live it in the world. And, you know, I was going, oh, yeah, because, that, you know, that's exactly uh, what I think we need. It's exactly what our radiance is for. Yes, is and, to, and the trick is learning how to do it in the moment. <laughs> Details, details. Details. It's simple, but not easy. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So take us back a little bit and tell me, how did you start out on your spiritual journey? How did you get started on that? Well, I was pretty much thrown into it. Um, You know, in the hero's journey, you have two ways of entering. You can decide you want to do it and go after it. I go after the journey. And then you can get grabbed and thrown into it. And so in my case, I was grabbed and thrown into it. One of those <laughs> cosmic two by four moments. 
And, um, you know, I think, I think I've known, you and I have talked about this. Uh, I think I've known from childhood that there was something different that I didn't quite fit in, that I didn't see the world the way other people saw it. Uh, I didn't uh, felt like an alien. And I, I think you probably have said that to me feeling that way too. Um, but, you know, I grew up in a, in a household where uh, there was a lot of love, but there was a lot of harshness and brutality mm. uh, and the punishments were extreme. And, and so I, I was a very wounded person. Uh, you know, like a lot of people, I, I had a lot of wounding, so I acted it out, you know, and, I'm, mm. and uh, so I, I got ingrained with the insecurities that taught me I'm not enough. Now, and, be, and, be a little vulnerable with us. <laughs> Share with me what you mean by acted it out. What, yeah, what well, did you get you know, into? Well, yeah, acting it out is um, probably anger was one of the things that was in, in there. So, um, you know, I was angry a lot. Uh, and, um, I was a party drinker mm. and, you know, in college and early adulthood. And um, because I was angry and also I needed, I needed something to make me feel like I was worth something. Mm. So I was always looking for the world to give me that. And yeah. that's disastrous for relationships. Oh, it's, so, it's disastrous for your life, let alone relationships. In general. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I needed something out there to to tell me that I wasn't this just worthless person. Mm -hmm. um, and so um, I was quite successful in business and I, I was working for an oil company and I knew I, I didn't fit in a corporation. I'm an entrepreneur by heart. So I started a company and I started it because I had an idea, not because it was my passion. You know, mm. I'm ego-based at this point. Yeah. And, and, I, and I had in my mind, it's going to make me millions of dollars and I'm going to be important because I have a successful business and I'm making a lot of money. Well, so and, and to give you your, your crud and, you, and your props on that, that's what we're trained to do. That's what we are told is how it works. Right, right. And, um, and I've gotten a lot of positive strokes back in the oil company because I was performing at a high level. And I, it's a weird, I, ironic kind of combination. And I don't know if you've heard this from other people or not, but it, and maybe it's because, maybe it's because they're mirrors of each other. I had this almost uh, extreme arrogance in certain ways mm. about my capability, about how smart I was, how superior I was. And at the same time, I had this probably shadow level, unconscious uh, sense that I, I wasn't enough. Yes. And, and I so, think that's very common with overachievers. I know I tried that combination for a long time myself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I started this company and I put everything I had into it, all my money and uh, built a great product. And then I realized I couldn't sell it. Mm. And there was a point in time when I knew it wasn't going to work, but I couldn't face it because you knew what it meant if it wasn't going to work. Right. Yeah. You knew the significance of that. Very hard to accept that. And I knew it too, but I didn't want to admit I knew it. So it was just in the back of my, you know, it was just anxiety. It was just showing up as greater and greater levels of anxiety as I watched mm -hmm. my bank account go down. And, you know, I and wasn't you just admitting. keep pouring into it and pushing and pushing and it's 
got to freaking work. It's got to work. It's got to yeah. work. But instead of doing what it took to work, I would go tweak it more and I'd go tweak it. So I was staying busy. But but in the background and in private, I, I was in such anguish. Uh, it was torture. It, it was some of the worst pain, psychological pain I'd ever felt. And I felt like I was falling apart. I remember standing in my bathroom uh, and, and just to put one other piece to this, I had a, a brief marriage for about a couple of years. And because of my wounding, I was impossible to live with. Uh, you know, uh, I had to be right. And, oh, God, and you yeah. know, it was one of the main things. And we fought a lot and, and it ended. And that was an, another blow to my sense of self. It was a major blow because I was taught marriage was forever. And yes, when and this was is a personal failure now. It's a failure. You know, yes. it's a failure. And you can only blame someone else for so long, right? Yeah. Before it comes home to roost. But I remember standing. So my, so the fabric of my identity was already fraying. Mm-hmm. And I remember standing in the bathroom for like an hour screaming at myself. Oh, just wow. screaming until my throat was wrong. Uh, shouting accusations like, what's wrong with you? You worthless. Why can't you get it together? Um, just on and on. And some things I couldn't say on radio. <laughs> oh, don't censor yourself. I don't. <laughs> so, and so it was that horrible. I mean, it, it, was, it was just psychically a terrible time. And when I'd go out with friends, I was bragging about how great it was going to be and how rich it was going to be. And they kind of politely nodded and said, drink your beer, buddy. And um, anyway, and so there was a point where I, I got to where I couldn't eat because I just couldn't couldn't swallow. I couldn't couldn't eat anything. And at breakfast one morning, uh, the, John Prime is a, one of my favorite singers, and he happens to be in ICU right now. He has a song, um, and there's some lyrics in it. It says, "A bowl of oatmeal tried to stare me down and won," and that's what happened to me. Yeah. As I was sitting there and I had just some instant oatmeal, uh, not the breakfast of champions to start with, but, but <laughs> I took a bite of it and I couldn't swallow it. So I just put it down and I didn't know anything about meditation. I had no spiritual practices, no religious uh, affiliation. And so, but I knew if I closed my eyes and I imagined a red hot fire, you know, that was my anxiety and I turned the color of it. And I, I felt like I was dropping and as I dropped and the color changed from bright red to cooler and cooler to a, finally to a cool blue and then to a deep blue and then to black, that it calmed me down. Mm. And this last time when I did that and I got to this place at the bottom, I, I remember saying, I give up. And the oh. moment I said, I give up, there was this explosion inside of me, this brilliant flash of light that was the brightest thing I'd ever seen and filled up everything. And um, it was the most loving feeling flooded me, just completely flooded the sense of well-being that all is right in the world. Uh, and I came out of that, I popped my eyes open, uh, ate three bowls of that oatmeal. Uh, <laughs> I walked outside and it's the birds were singing. The sky was blue and, and it felt like I had just, just come back from Kansas and met and I'm in Oz, you know? <laughs> yeah. Isn't that something? It, it I was, love it. it. It's like, Oh my God, has this been here all along? Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing experience. what you get when you have a side of surrender with your oatmeal. 
<laughs> a side of surrender. Okay, I'm so stealing that line. That was awesome. A side of surrender with my way. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I came inside. I called my parents and said, "Hey, you know, it's it, my company's failed. I got two weeks of income, and and, and it worked out. I got, got a job quickly. But after that, Sophia Renation, I was ravenous for spirituality. I was ravenous for all things." Uh, mystical. I was going, there's, I've got to understand who I am, what I am, and what it's all about. And so I just dove in and started reading and taking classes and doing experiential workshops. You and I are both left brain. You know, you you being a scientist and I was an accountant, you know, I was a CPA, um, very left brain. But this was cracking open the right brain. You know, this is where the numinous realm comes in through. Yes. uh, Well, and and I have noticed a pattern with people who are very analytical and and organized and structured that way. We almost always require one of those two by fours upside the head. I don't know how I get get that. I don't know how it would have happened any other way. I'm glad it happened that way and not a car wreck or because I'd been drinking or that I would hurt somebody in some way I would have regretted the rest of my life. Um, and that could have happened, you know, because everything changed after after that, after my awakening, everything changed. And and so, you know, from there, it was just the long journey, the next 35 years of, of learning and growing and growing and learning and learning and growing. And, and then as I opened up to my own guidance and it started to pour in and teach me and guide me and give me tools. I'd like to dig into that journey a little bit, because yeah. I think especially among people who've recently had one of these awakenings, there's this expectation that you have this awakening and life just becomes smooth and beautiful and nothing bad ever happens again. There are no more setbacks. (laughs) Is this Why didn't I get that version? (laughs) I don't know. I didn't get that one either. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, this is such uh, one of the most important myths, I think, that we need to pierce the bubble on because... You know, as you point that out, uh, Zofia Renee, there's a lot of other dysfunction associated with that mindset. And it and it's like you you, uh, you get there and you're done. Um, and and also that it's some sort of miracle, you know, that it happens and just all sorts of dysfunction comes from it. And I'm special if I get there. And if you're not there. Uh, then so, you're um, less enlightened. And yeah, whatever. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So here's here's my take on it. I'd love to hear your take. My take is that, you know, there definitely is a journey we go on and that journey can be measured as increasing vibrational frequency. But it isn't a vibrational frequency um, that we're getting more of in my, in my perspective. It's that we are already radiant and magnificent souls and what we're doing is getting less of what's blocking that frequency. Mm-hmm. By doing our work, we're uncovering our light. And so, but it, 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 there is a marking of progress based on the evolution and broadening and brightening of your frequency. However, there's, there's a stage of development and a state that is a more momentary thing. So stage is kind of like when I talk about my metaphor of your skyscraper of your consciousness, your stage is how high is your skyscraper? 
-hmm. How much work have you done to build up floors in your, in your personal evolution? And, and your best self is going to reside at the top of that, but you're always adding floors to that. Right. Right. And, and that's the stage is kind of home base, but state is what you bounce around. Mm -hmm. So when you get triggered and you take the down elevator, your state has now devolved back down to lower levels of consciousness. And when you meditate or when you have peak moments that you move up, you know, you can bounce up all the way to enlightenment. Mm -hmm. You just can't hold on to it. <laughs> <laughs> for very long. Not well, for and, very long. Right. And, and so, in a ahead. lot of ways, it's like an emotion, right? Emotions are transitory things yes. or intended to be transitory yeah. things. And I think it's important to recognize that this whole idea of pursuit of happiness and that you should be happy 100% of the time. Yeah. is not a realistic expectation. Right, right, it's not. And, and being evolved is not, in my opinion, happy is not a relevant word. Yeah. Uh, to me, happy is an egoic state of, am I pleased by what's going on? Am I displeased by it? But I think w once, you, once you really are in the journey and you're soul identified, it's about joy. Yes. And joy is not dependent on your circumstances. It, it, a lot of things could be, you know, uh, your ego could be really unhappy. And, and as a, at the soul level, you're still in joy. Yeah, exactly. Like it's, it, to me, my experience of it is like this inner core of well-being, if yes. that makes sense. Yes, completely. That allows me to look around at, at whatever is happening in life and however the ego defines it, good, bad, or indifferent, knowing that at the core, it's all good. It's all here to serve me. Yes. Yeah. Right. So back to your question, because I think there's an important point to make. And one of the, my teachers is um, uh, Adyashanti. And uh, he, he talks about this exact same thing, is that, that it's called uh, non-abiding enlightenment, as opposed to abiding enlightenment. Enlightenment. Yeah. Abiding enlightenment is when you pretty much live there. Non-abiding is when you get to that but can't sustain it. Right. So to me, there's like a line, okay? And we might be here, but through certain state moments, we get above the line and we hold that for a bit and then we drop back. Mm -hmm. and, and as we evolve, we're holding it longer and longer and longer. Exactly. It's learning to sustain it a little longer. It's like learning to longer. hold your breath to free dive, right? You don't start at 20 minutes. <laughs> That's a fabulous metaphor. Exactly right. You know, you build you build up to that um, because I have plenty of moments um, where you know it's clear that this is I'm in my ego identified state and I'm not dealing with this from a soul state. Exactly. I want to dig into that a little bit more, but we're coming up to the break right now. Okay. So hold that thought, and we'll deal. We'll dig into how to sustain this state a little okay. bit more. If you're out there listening to us right now. Thank you so much for joining us today and grab your pen and paper, make a few notes. What has resonated for you here? What made you go, hmm, is there anything that you're like, oh, I don't think so. Go ahead and make those notes and you can post your comments in Facebook or you can give us a call. The phone number is coming up in the break. So hang with us and we will be right back.
This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Are you feeling anxious, afraid, overwhelmed, or even panicky during this difficult time? Well, that's why 30 spiritual guides, teachers, and healers banded together to give you for free our best tips to empower you to thrive during this or any crisis and leave you feeling loved, supported, calm, and in more control of your life. To begin receiving your daily 10-minute videos, just go to 30daythrivalguide.com and enter your email. That's 30daythrivalguide.com. You have a message. You want to share that message. You want it to be social, to go viral, and spread across the planet. But how do you get started? Tune in to Amplify, featuring host Ken Roshan. This show is here to help you take that message and channel it through the most effective marketing techniques to not only be successful, but have a positive impact on the world. Tune in live Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel and get amplified. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Sovereign Self with Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. Thank you for hanging in with us through the break. This is Sophia Renea Morales, and I am here talking with the wonderful Mark Youngblood. And before we went on break, we had been discussing abiding and non-abiding enlightenment and ways that you can begin to extend the non-abiding one out so that it eventually becomes abiding. (laughs) So, Mark, tell me how you began doing that process for yourself. When did you come to the realization that, that you weren't able to hold it, but you might be able to learn to hold it longer? Oh, wow. Um, that's a tough, that's a tough question to frame up because let me just back up and kind of explain something and, and that will help you understand my reaction to your question. So the approach I take to uh, spiritual evolution is to clear, to clear out the egoic aspects as they show up by using a toolkit and it's a robust toolkit i call it my inner mastery methodology so so give you an example let's say um i get emotionally triggered by something that my wife has done i treat that like that would never happen (laughs) i know because because she's an angel and i would never get upset so so something would happen like that and, and so I would treat that like the universe or, or spirit, uh, life itself is showing me what's wounded in me because mm-hmm. that reaction was not about her. It was about me. And that's part of my egoic wounding, which is the heaviness suppressing my consciousness and blocking my life. Right. So I would go in and clear it out. And then the next thing that came up, I would clear that out. And it's, it's like eating a chocolate elephant. This approach, which is I'm doing stuff all the time. I'm doing a little bit every day. It's not like I go to a workshop once a year and I do something and then that's it. 
Um, it's every day I'm doing work. Oh, you have to approach it with discipline. Oh. <laughs> what yeah. happened to my one and done enlightenment? <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. And so it's important to have tools that are quick and easy and that work effectively. Um, in fact, I did some change work about 10 minutes before I walked onto your call. <laughs> anyway, so through this process, it's just like when you eat a chocolate elephant, it's 2,000 pounds of chocolate. If you take a bite at a time, it might not seem like you're doing a lot in that moment, but it adds up over time. So mine has been a gradual boil. See, it is a gradual boil. And there was a point I could tell, I could tell my evolution was bringing me to a point where think about, maybe it happened for you this way. My communication with my soul, it evolved through several stages. The first was intuition came in like a lightning bolt. I couldn't predict it. Uh, I didn't know when it was going to come. And when it came, it would just be this kind of awareness. And it was like, oh, thank heavens. <laughs> oh, thank heavens. I got, I got and then in between time, it's like, where the hell did you go? <laughs> yeah, where'd you go? Yeah. And then it got to where as I evolved and I was getting more tuned into this intuition and, and, and inner guidance, it was like an email. I would send out the request I have and then... <laughs> And would come tap, 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 refresh, refresh, yeah, refresh, refresh, refresh. <laughs> and it would come in, but it would come in. Um, sometimes not always the same way, sometimes through metaphor, sometimes through the action of a person, sometimes through an inner knowing. And then and as I, I find that people will tell me the same thing. If I get yeah. the same message from several people, it's like, okay, <laughs> there it is. Yeah, I, so the, I need to be listening precisely. Precisely. And you got to look and you got to work the metaphor. And, and then as I evolved more, it was like um, we were talking across a fence. Mm -hmm. Ask, got an answer, but it was souls over there. I'm over here. Mm -hmm. And then there was a point where I knew I was coming up to a line, kind of a hypothetical uh, virtual line that said, when I cross this line, I'm giving up my egoic identity and I'm stepping into my soul identity. Mm -hmm. And I call it living from the soul side. And I knew it was a choice. And I knew on the other side, it was never going to be the same. And I was terrified at that moment because I didn't know if I was going to have to shave my head and go live in a cave. I didn't. You're laughing. Walk the world with a beggar ball. No, yes. I'm laughing because I've had that same reaction, right? I talk about living soul first. It's yeah. the same idea, just different um, different terminology. Right. But the ego wants keeps that little bit of fear there. It feeds that little bit of fear out to keep you from stepping away from it. Precisely. Yeah. And then I, I went through a ritual where I formally said yes, and I stepped over the line, and I waited for something to happen. It's like, where's my world changing? Where are the, the fireworks and the symbols? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And what, what happened is the lens I use to interpret the world is now that it's all about, it's all soul-based. And I got more and more and more that way the further on I traveled. And then finally what happened was it's like uh, my soul and I, and that's where I am right now, my soul comes in and we're, we're sharing thought, but I am not merged with my soul yet. Mm. It's, it's present. And so for me, the going in and out is, the, is when the soul is present and I know my soul is present. 
and we've got a blending, that's when I would say I'm in this really truly enlightened state. And then as, as I lose that and step out, it's like I no longer have that instant access. And, and it feels like, you know, what's yeah. speaking is not me, but, but divinity. And, um, and so that's how it exists for me today. That is awesome. So what has been your biggest challenge on this journey? I, I would say that the biggest challenge has been is when I, I was called to do the, to teach. Mm. Tell me to about take, that. To take what I've got and what I've learned and then to teach it in the world. How did the uh, calling show up for you? Well, great question. Uh, there was a one-year period. I was doing a lot of shamanic mystical journeying in the Huna tradition. So I was going to Hawaii and oh, going nice. on a lot of shamanic retreats. And on one particular shamanic retreat, there were uh, two different visions I had when I was in a meditation in a power center there called a Heiau, two different visions. And the first one was a big Hawaiian chief with a giant, you know, those, those fish hook looking necklaces. Mm -hmm. He had a giant one of those. And he was laughing at me and pointing. He says, you do not know who you are. And he says, you are a fisher of men and you do not know it. And I go, what is that supposed to be? <laughs> <laughs> and, and then I, later on in that same uh, trip, I had another mystical vision where a bunch of other people said the same thing. You're supposed to be teaching and you're not doing it because you don't conceive of yourself that way. You're playing small was the message. You're playing small. Mm. And it's time to get over yourself. And that's the fear. That is yeah. the fear. And the biggest challenge I've had has been to step out. And, and there's, there's a, an aspect uh, of, that comes from my early years and that I used charisma and personal power for personal gain. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't in the, wanting to be in the limelight because I didn't want to feed that monster. Yeah, exactly. And, because and the use, ego loves the limelight. The, exactly. And so, uh, you know, my wife, Rachel, when we got together, our, our fundamental commitment in our relationship is to our spiritual path. And a part of that commitment is to call each other when, let's say I wasn't seeing that I was in an ego pattern. Right. Her commitment is to say, hey, Mark, I'm noticing something and I want to invite you to look at this. And so <laughs> she keeps my feet on the ground. And, now, and, and I love that it's an invitation for you to look at it, not yeah. like throw it in your face. You're, yeah. you're not being enlightened, dude. Boom. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Well, it happens that way sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and for me too. And for me too. But the commitment is to do this artfully, you know, and from heart consciousness ourselves. Right. Uh, but so, so that was part of the holdback is I, I didn't, I've already, uh, you know, done the work of letting go of that need to be superior. And I, I, this looked like prime material for getting to be better than somebody else, mm. be superior. And I just didn't want to let that monster out of the cave. You know, uh, I'm not convinced it's been completely transformed and healed. And, and so, well, we're, is, we're still in a body. <laughs> we're still in a body. We'll start there. We're still in a body. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's right. And, 
Uh, the other part of the fear is uh, the fear of being rejected, the fear of you know, showing up and having something to say and putting it out there to a public audience where you know, I can't control their responses, meaning if they respond negatively, I can't do damage control because I don't have access to them. And uh, th there's been the ongoing fear, and I was just talking with someone earlier this week, in fact, that it seems like I've gone through layer after layer after layer after layer of letting go of fear so I can step up to the next stage of the platform. Well, now let's talk about letting go of fear for a minute because I love talking to people who are courageous on their, on their soul journey. And a lot of people misunderstand what courageous is. Uh, and courageous being fearful and moving forward anyway, finding a way to release the fear and continue forward. So how do you release your fear, Mark? Well, it's twofold. Um, but one part of it is when it's simply uh, programming, when it's simply programming, I use uh, a tools in my toolkit to go clear the programming so the fear dissolves. Um, when it's more of simply a human response, like the human fear of a rattlesnake. Yeah. To get past that, I focus on what is, what am I committed to that's bigger than my fear? Uh, you know, a metaphor would be, let's imagine we're standing on top of a 50 story building and it's a twin building with a high wire going across to the other building, but it's raining and windy yeah. and somebody's there and they hand you, $10,000 says, I'll pay you $10,000 to go across that 200-foot cable to that other building. Hell no, not enough. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. And so um, you're not going to do that. But if they were to tell you your child is on the other building and they've been poisoned and here's the antidote. And this yeah, is... I, I'm there. It's the only way yeah. you're going to get the antidote to them is through the, over that cable. And you're going to do it. Because the only thing that changed was what was in it for you. Yeah. That you, I was committed more to that than I was to my fear of the cable. So this is, this is the thing we have to look for to get past it is what are we committed to that's greater than this that has us go ahead and do it despite the fear. You know, I, I think you're pointing at, you know, this thing, no fear. <laughs> <laughs> it's not uh, you know, about no fear. I mean... <laughs> Right. I, I wish it were, but it's not about yeah. no fear. It's what yeah. you do with it. Right. Yeah. Now, do, do you have a similar experience, you know, getting on a radio and being in front of umpteen, whoever knows how many people? Did you have to address some of your own challenges with that? Actually, I was quite blessed in that when I grew up as a child, I discovered early on that the most emotionally dangerous thing for me was trying to be accepted into a group. Uh, that if I stood on a stage and I performed, everybody loved me, everybody offered me praise, everybody offered me props. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sort of unusual in that I learned very early on that the stage is a safe place for me to be, as opposed to a dangerous place, which is kind of wow. flip of what most people when they're young. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. Well, that makes complete sense. Yeah. Right. So I, I'm... I'm blessed that way. So yeah, I'm not the person to talk to about overcoming that anxiety about <laughs> being in front of people because I bust one real early. <laughs> right, right. Um, 
So let's see here. We were talking about your greatest challenge. So what was the bigger thing? What what finally moved you past that or that your ego was going to become ginormous and eat yeah. more work? Because, because I, you know, I've been gifted with the ability to help people transform their lives. And I can't deny them that. I can, you know, all I can do is put people at choice about whether they want to engage in what I have to offer. And they will or they won't. And, and so um, whether they reject me or not is not important. Whether I attract 10 people or 10,000 people is not important. What's important is that whoever is there, that spirit is bringing to me and calling to me for me to work with, that I'm going to be there for them. That I'm not going to be the reason because of my fear that they're not going to get what they could have gotten in this lifetime in terms of spiritual evolution and the transformation of the, the pain and suffering that they're having in their life. That's the thing that's bigger for me. I love that. I love that. We are up on another break here shortly, but I, I want to talk to you and we'll just open the topic and we'll probably come back to it at the end of the break. A lot of people when they awaken uh they think that you know they have this thing that's going i'm going to do reiki or i'm going to become a healer over but frequently uh, you continue a mundane path of service from a higher place what what was your mundane path of service before you stepped into the spiritual teaching oh it, it is still there uh, my primary business is being an executive coach teaching leadership to ceos and their teams I love this. And I want to dig into more how those marry up, but we're going to go off to the break here. I would like to invite you who are out there listening to us right now, um, take your pen and paper and write down what is that fear that has been up in your life that's keeping you from stepping into your next level? What is that fear? Just put a name on it while we're on break and hang with us. We'll be right back. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. Are you feeling anxious, afraid, overwhelmed, or even panicky during this difficult time? Well, that's why 30 spiritual guides, teachers, and healers banded together to give you for free our best tips to empower you to thrive during this or any crisis and leave you feeling loved, supported, calm, and in more control of your life. To begin receiving your daily 10-minute videos, just go to 30daythrivalguide.com and enter your email. That's 30daythrivalguide.com. There's a new force to be reckoned with in talk radio. It's not just talk radio. Hosted by LaTanya Jr. and co-host Tina Wynn and Tony Brown. Not Just Talk Radio is like a superhero. Inspiring, problem-solving, and informing. Packed with action-provoking conversations from news, movements, and social and politics issues. This program is about a wide range of voices and fresh points of view from experts, celebrities, and you, the listener. Not Just Talk Radio is broadcast live Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. 
listening to Sovereign Self with Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. Thank you for staying with us. This is Sophia Renea Morales. I'm here talking with Mark Youngblood, uh, consultant to the business world and spiritual teacher extraordinaire. And before we went to break, I had asked you about your mundane aspect of yeah. your work is in addition to your spiritual teaching. So how did you move to use my analogy from just building, laying bricks and getting paid $7.95 an hour to actually building a cathedral with what you were doing? Which is what happens when your soul enters into it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're talking about the coaching work, you mean? Yeah, the coaching yeah. work. How did that, how was that informed by your, your spiritual awakening? Well, um, here's the way I look at it. The center tree, the center pole of my life is a commitment to raising consciousness for myself and supporting individuals and collectively the raising of consciousness. And off of that tree are limbs. And one limb goes this way out to the public. And this is where I offer transformational life coaching and where I offer um, Facebook group and training programs. The other branch goes into the business world to work with CEOs and C-level executives over thousands of people. And I offer a year-long program. And in this year-long program, it's all about death. So it's called Inner Mastery, and and it's all about emotional intelligence, uh, getting to know yourself. I talk about the soul right away with them. We end up doing meditation. Uh, Once we've established trust and rapport, as their patterns show up of the things where they get triggered and and they're not effective leaders, uh, we'll do closed eye change work. So, uh, And some of them we even get to energy work that are more open to that kind of thing. Nice. So it's really... To me, it's about a one-on-one helping them evolve their consciousness. It just happens to be that the canvas for that is business and how do you lead your teams and how do you lead your business? Now, obviously, there's a lot of business stuff woven in there, too, because it has to be. The reason I'm in it is for that. Yeah. I think of it like a Trojan horse where they buy the horse and the horse is leadership excellence and and career progression Mm -hmm. and inside the horse. His spiritual growth. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> Who knew? Don't look in there. <laughs> so what do you see as the biggest challenge that people face as they're moving into spiritual growth and through personal development? Um, wow, these are great questions. Thank you. Uh, give me a moment. Well, I think think the biggest fear is, I think the biggest fear is that this is a profound shift in their identity Mm. and and, and how they lead is woven into their identity. And who will I be if I'm not as I am? Exactly. And I got where I am doing it this way. Mm. And you're asking me to do it this way and trust you on this. And not only that, I look around and I go, nobody else is doing it that way. Yeah. And am I going to be an oddball? Am I going to be laughed at? 
Um, and, and so they have to work through the fears, but fortunately, you know, all things spirit-based work. <laughs> <laughs> and isn't it a beautiful thing? <laughs> yeah, it's a beautiful thing. And so they start, you know, they'll, uh, I'll get them, take a risk with this, try this, take a risk. They'll come back and they go, that was awesome. <laughs> I go, yeah, it was. And I'll try something else. And, and so, you know, I, I tell them, and I'm honest about this, a year from now, you will not recognize who you are today. When you look back, you will not know who that person is. And that your best day right now will be one of your least days a year from now. Mm -hmm. And because, you know, in our personal journey, isn't that kind of the way it is? Yes. Yes. I, I think of it as like resetting your personal thermostat, right? Because you have this set point that you kind of function around and when you want to move to a new level, you kind of gradually shift it up and shift it up and shift it up. And it's not always obvious on a day-to-day -day basis, but when you compare this year to last year, you can definitely see where that, that set point has moved. Yeah. Well, you know what's interesting is I have them take notes and write these things down because a year later I'll say, you know, you used to be this way. And they'll go, no, I wasn't. No, no, exactly. I, I have what I call a line in and survey I use with my clients Say just for that reason line in the sand so we oh. draw a line in the sand where are you at now and then when we're done we take the same survey and we see what shifted because yes. yeah a lot of times it's not clear to you where you really have changed and grown yeah well you I think they forget and and it's becomes it's it's dropped away so it, it's not there to access yeah. you know the memories of that which is which is good. That's one of the things I love about the healing work that I do. We can take this really fraught thing and work through it and, and release all this stuff, the emotions and junk around it. And we get down to the end of the session and we come back the next week and I'm like, well, how are you doing after the whatever it was? And they're like, the what? <laughs> it's like, yes, this is success. <laughs> because it went from this huge sore spot to like a nothing yeah. yeah yeah exactly right exactly right and you know part of what you do and what i do um and generating these results that needs to be communicated is in the old world personal transformation was slow and hard yes and expensive because almost all of it required that you go get you know get it done by other people instead of being taught how to do it and so it's, it's a lot, it can be so fast. It, it just can be so fast. And technology in the, in the world is evolving really dramatically uh, fast, but so is spiritual technology. Exactly. You know, and you can do 80% of what you need to on your yes. own. Yes. It's, 80%. Yeah, and when you hit those big, big ones, that's when you reach out to somebody who's, you know, got more tools in their toolkit to help you. I really right. or, who, or who can stand as a, a mirror, right? Yeah. Because if you need to, you know, take a enter out from right next to your eye, you need a mirror to do that. Yeah. You're not going to just great. poke around with the tweezers, right? <laughs> exactly. Another great metaphor. I love that. Right. So tell us, tell us a little mm -hmm. bit about what you're doing nowadays. We're kind of getting down to the end of the hour, and I want to make sure that, that we get this out here because this is so important. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm building out and, and 
one of the advantages, uh, blessings and, and um, silver linings of coronavirus is my executive coaching dwindled down to 20% of what it was because my clients got, you know, hit so Freaked. hard. Yeah, exactly. And I have all this time and I've been wanting to do this anyway. I have a Facebook group I've been developing for two years and it's all around the radiant soul, the idea of the, of, un, you know, revealing your radiance and doing the work to walk the pathway to radiance mm -hmm. and, and learning the tools. And I want to democratize self -trans transformation. So it becomes self transformation, give, give it to you. And then you do your own work uh, or you, and, or you offer it to your loved ones. Yeah. And, and so I've got a Facebook group called the radiant soul community free, free group. And, uh, you know, I post some uh, video every week and it's about helping that in a free venue to grow and evolve. But I, and I've had in mind to do some training and, and it's a three tiered training series of programs to help people uh, rapidly get the tools and then rapidly be able to, to walk the path and evolve their consciousness. And I'll be launching the first of those in about eight weeks, probably. Now that, that I have the time to shoot all the videos and get it uploaded and all that. <laughs> now, let me, let me ask you something. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm downsized from my job. I'm at home. I'm homeschooling my kids. Money is a little bit tight. Why should I spend time, focus, attention on this soul stuff right now? Well, I have two answers for that. Uh, first one is it depends on what you're committed to. Uh, if you're committed to a better life uh, for yourself and for the people around you, then that's all the reason you need. But the second is that even if you want just mundane changes in your life, like I, I want prosperity, I want happiness in my relationship, I want to improve my health, both psychological, emotional, and physical health. I want a sense of purpose. I want a sense of spirituality where I'm connected and I, I have a sense that I've got some guidance and intuition. You know, these are some of the main things that are the rewards in our life. Every one of those comes from raising your consciousness. Everything that we want to have be different in our world out there, the best thing you can do to make your life better is to raise your consciousness. Because when you do that, everything out there reorients itself to match your new consciousness and, and your ability to channel the divine ability to manifest the life you want goes up and up and up. I so, love that. It, and it, this analogy came into my mind, right? You're, you're trying to achieve something, right? And it's like you have a lever. And right. if you're on the short end of the lever, which is the physical side of things where you, yes. you try to improve your skills and hustle and do all that kind of stuff, you don't get as much leverage as if you're on the other side of the lever with this, on the spiritual side of things and you elevate your consciousness, you see it yeah. from a different perspective. Yeah. And that allows you to then operate that lever. Yeah. Well, you know, in a couple of the, let's go back to your metaphor. I'm downsized. I'm home. I got all this stuff I'm having to deal with. You know, I'm worried about money. Um, well, you know, that's an egoic outlook. Mm -hmm. Because from the soul side, there's infinite prosperity. And, and, and actually, when you give, you receive. And you have to have both sides of that. Yes. And so if you, what you give out 
in the interest of growing your consciousness and doing the work you're here to do, which is really, that's why we're here. We're here to learn and grow and love uh, and raise our consciousness. When you do that work, you create a reciprocal flow and prosperity starts to flow in in ways you, you didn't even imagine. Uh, Sophia, I don't know if you have examples like that in your life, but there have been times where I barely had enough money to get things done and I went through a tithing practice where I just mm -hmm. gave it, even though I didn't have to give it, exactly. going, oh, please don't let this blow up on me. Yes, you and, have to give from your 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 shortfall Yes, in order yeah, to get to give what it, yep, exactly. And when I did that, it, it, it just was astounding what happened. Mm -hmm. uh, I could, we don't have time for the stories, but, but yeah. that's, you know. To live from the soul side is to say there are divine principles and they're always there. The only difference is, am I tuning into them or not? Exactly. We've got two minutes. Why don't you share with us the project that you and I are working on right now? Absolutely. I'm so thrilled to be working with uh, Zofia Renea on this uh, project. It's called the 30-Day Thrival Guide. And it came to me about two weeks ago and in and, and, and a guidance that this is important to go make a difference for the people who struggling during this really dreadful coronavirus crisis, but not just to survive it, but to thrive and to come out of it in much better shape than you were when, when you started. And, and that required that I get together with people like Zofia and, and others, and ultimately 30 of us got together to do a 10-minute video that we, that's completely free. You sign up, you get a video a day for 30 days. And it's you. actionable. It's not and just it's people actionable. telling you you should be more cheerful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, because each person's there to give a tool or technique. And Zofia was actually the first person I called when I came up with this. And I said, am I crazy? And Zofia was going, this is awesome. <laughs> <And> <laughs> do it, man. I'm behind it. you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was your, your enthusiasm really made a big difference. And I just want to say thank you and some blessings to you for that. And, and Zofia, you know, is a very connected person. I was able to help me supplement the people I knew was really awesome speakers. And it's, it's live. It's ready to go. Um, all you have to do to sign up is go to www, and you do need that, www.30daythrivalguide.com. Thrival spelled T-H-R-I-V-A-L. So it's 30daythrivalguide.com. If you didn't get that, you can always go to SovereignSelf.media where all of the speaker links live and you can find it out there. Yeah. And so Zofia's is the second video you'll get. No matter when you start the program, you're going to get all 30. And it's probably going to keep, you can sign up probably out through early June, just as long as the coronavirus thing is going on. Awesome. I love that. We are down at the end of our time now. Thank you so much for joining me, Mark. It's been a pleasure having you here. Thank you. It's been my pleasure too. Thank you. And thank you all out there for joining us. We appreciate having you with us every week. It's so exciting to be able to sit and have these discussions with y'all. Um, if you, there's anything on your heart, please reach out to me at askzofia at transformationspace.co. And until next week, don't go out, but stay home and live soul first.
Thank you for being a part of our program this week. Sovereign Self can be heard live every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Please join host Sophia Renea Morales again next week, right here. 